0: I was thinking this week as I was, I was putting the finishing touches on this, uh, you know, we, we all get in tight spots, right? Maybe a, a, a tight spot at work or a tight spot at school or in class, or, so you need some advice. You know, we, we are—have uh, you, you ever noticed that when you do get in a tight spot that you turn to people really fast? even if you 're an introvert you you have a couple of go to people right you have a, a person or two that you rely on you 've got people that you trust they 've earned your trust and, and, and it just dawned on me how fast I am, how fast you are to turn to people and listen that 's no accident you know why because God made us for each other. I, I was talking with somebody a really good friend of mine this week who is uh, he, he, uh, he is off the chart introvert. And, and, but even he was saying, you know, if, if COVID's taught me anything, it's, I, mean, I, I need people more than I realized I did. I mean, we do. We, we need people. And, and, and God put people in our lives for, for, for a reason. Listen, think about it, friends. If God, if God did not want you to be in a circle of people, a community, if God did not make us for each other, then when he made Adam, he would have stopped making people. But he didn't. God has created people since He began creating people, and He did it because we we need each other. And so, all through the Old and the New Testament, you're going to see that God used people to to speak for Him. In fact, uh, I, I've been starting to kind of read the Bible through chronologically this year, just on my own, and I've really enjoyed it. and And uh, there was a there was a, a verse that really hit me pretty strong uh, not long ago, and it was Exodus 33:11. It said that the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face just as a man speaks to his friend. I'm going to tell you something. That that is hard for me. Can you imagine? Think about one of your closest friends. You you see him in your mind right now, one of your closest friends? Can you imagine that you and God talked audibly like that? So you you see that God had a special relationship with, with Moses, but yet... There was a situation in Exodus 18, that's where we're going this morning, uh, Genesis, Exodus, that's the second book of the Bible. Start at the left, go to the right, uh, Genesis, Exodus, and we're going to go to Exodus 18. There was a situation where it's kind of, kind of interesting that God, God didn't mind, it seems, using this man named Jethro, Moses' father-in-law. And so we're going to pick it up right there. So I'm, as you're turning to Exodus 18, I, I normally would put these verses on the screen for you, but there's just there's just too many to run through. So uh, you can you can listen. But I'm using the New American Standard version on the uh, on the, the if you're using the U version dig, or any digital app. I'm NASB. So here's the situation: <clears throat> Jethro has gone to see Moses. He's He's kind of come to see him and his daughter, and and uh, and and then I'm just gonna. That's just really simple. He just he literally comes makes makes a visit, pays a visit to him, and in Exodus 18 verse verse nine, we're gonna start right there. Jethro rejoiced over all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel in delivering them from the hand of the Egyptians. So Jethro said, "Blessed be the Lord." Uh, who delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians, and from the hand of Pharaoh, who delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now, I know that the Lord is greater. This is Jethro talking. Now, I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods. Indeed, it was proven when they dealt proudly against the people. Now, Jethro, by the way, was the, the priest of Midian, and so... So he's speaking some pretty deep words right now. And, and, and it says in verse 12 that Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, he took a burnt offering and sacrifices to the Lord, and Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law before God. And it came about the next day that Moses sat to judge the people. In other words, so, so Moses would sit and he would, he would uh, let people come to him to, to help with disputes and uh, literally kind of like in some ways maybe quasi-arbitration kind of deal. And so Je- uh, Moses, uh, it says, it came about the next day, he would sit to judge the people, verse 13, and the people stood about Moses from the morning until the evening. And, you know, hey, if you think your, your job's tough, imagine handling people's concerns just literally all day, every day, and, and judging between right and wrong. I mean, that, that's hard right there, right? It says, now, when Moses' father-in-law saw it, when Jethro saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said in verse 14, what is this thing that you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge and all the people stand about you from morning to evening? And Moses said, well, because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a dispute, it, it comes to me and I judge between a man and his neighbor or, or make known the statues of God and, and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, Jethro says, this thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. Now, listen to me. Verse 19, I will give you counsel. Jethro talking to Moses. I will give you counsel, and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God, and you bring the disputes to God. Then teach them, the people, teach them the statutes and the laws, and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and to work they are in the work they are to do. Furthermore, verse 21, you shall select out of the people able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place these over them as leaders of thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens. So Jethro's obviously got a pretty logistical operational mind. It says, let them judge the people at all times and let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you, but every minor dispute that they themselves will judge. And so it'll be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you. And if you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all these people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses listened. That's that's a big verse right there. Moses listened to his father-in-law and he did all that he had said. Moses came Uh, Moses chose, rather, verse 25, he chose able men out of all of Israel and made them heads over the people, leaders of thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens. And they judged the people at all times and the difficult disputes they would bring to Moses, but the minor disputes they themselves would judge. Then Moses uh, bade his father-in-law farewell and he went his way into his own land. So, okay, pretty, pretty big story right there, right? So, so it's a neat story because God obviously used Jethro. So, 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 how when it comes to God using people, how do, how do we navigate that? How do we how do we understand because God? you're going to turn to people and you're going to have influencers in your life. All of us have them already. So let's talk about how do we hear this whole audible series is how do we hear the voice of God? And it's really kind of a series on how does God speak? I mean, what what are the methods? What are the vehicles that God uses to speak to us? And and so one of the ways is God obviously uses people. I mean, God's used a donkey before, but that was kind of an isolated case, you know, that was that was kind of a weird one for Balaam. But for the, but let me tell you, one of God's primary ways is to use people. So, so what are the kind of people that you need to be listening to? And what are the kind of people that you need to surround yourself with? And I think this isn't, there's so many stories. I, I mean, I, I could have picked a bunch. But I just chose this one because I think it has some pretty good framework. And, 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 and the first uh, truth, and by the way, this is going to be just super practical right here, right? Because then think about it, what, what are you doing? What are you doing when you're in a tight spot? You're needing practical advice on something with your kids. You're needing practical advice on the next vehicle you're trying to buy. You know, you, maybe you're trying to get, put a will together. You're trying to help your parents get, as, you, as they put, give you power of attorney. or, or you know, you're, We're talking about super practical things. And, and so you, you need to know how to identify God's voice because God speaks through people. And the first core truth of that, I would say, is to position yourself near to those who actually know God's heart. Position yourself. Now, let, friend, let me, let me tell you, that's a big deal, okay? And here's why it's a big deal. And I worded that very carefully. Position yourself around those that actually know God's heart. Let me tell you something. All of us have a big circle of friends, you know, some bigger than others, but you may have, you know, 5, 10, 15, 25 friends and, you know, whatever. But everybody's got that inner circle. One, two, three, four, five, maybe at the most, I, mean, I don't know, but you've got an inner circle of friends. The people that speak into your life do not, do not, do not need to be good old church-going folk, all right? They don't need to just be moral people. They need to be people that actually know the heart of God. And, and that's, that's a, a huge, huge issue. It, they need to be spirit-filled people, not church-going people. You, you know the difference. Because you don't need people, when you're looking for, for true wisdom from God, you don't need people to tell you what you want to hear. That's the, that's the worst you know it's the worst, and and we live in a culture right now, man. I, you know, I was I was uh, listening just just uh, not long ago to several sermons by Adrian Rogers, and and it just it just washed over me. It hasn't been that long since that man went to heaven, and he was a champion of the pulpit, and. If you speak candidly and if you speak bluntly today, people just can't take it because we live in a culture where that's just not really looked good on anymore. The kind of people that you need in your innermost circle need to be the kind of people that love you enough to tell tell you when you're being an idiot, all right? And also, they need to love you enough to tell you when you're right and stand firm regardless of what you're hearing, you need people that, that have your best interests in mind, that, that truly do know the Lord. Now, notice something about Jethro here in, in verse 14. It says that, when, that Moses' father-in-law, it said he saw, don't, 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 don't move past that word. He saw that he was, all that Moses was doing for the people. And he said, what are you doing? Moses. So notice notice what, what happens right there. Jethro saw an angle that Moses couldn't see. That's a big deal. Because the people that are closest to your life, you're not gonna see. We call them I call them blind spots. You know, you, we've all got blind spots, and if you've ever been blindsided by something, you realize you got a blind spot. I about pulled out in front of a guy the other day. He was in a blind spot. S- scared my sons to death. Scared me to death. And I wasn't even going that fast. I, I was at a stop sign, and I just, I, I, I just had a blind spot. I'll never forget, in, in the eighth grade, I was a tight end, and, and uh, I came around the end uh, to chasing a fullback. And it, it was, it was kind of strange for me that I got into the backfield so easily, and and I was, I was like, wow, nobody stopped me. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to blame this on my coaches. It's totally not their fault. But uh, what I didn't know was that one of the offensive linemen had had stunted and pulled. And, and uh, j- literally, just as I, I, I mean, I was, my eyes were big. I was about to clean this quarterback's clock. I mean, I was going to lay him flat. And just as I was about two feet from him, the last thing I saw were the lights of the stadium. I remember laying flat on my back. I wasn't hurt, but I remember looking up at the lights of the stadium, and the only thought I had in my mind was, we're going to have to watch this on film next week. And really, I knew what happened. They, they, had, they had run a play where a guy was designed to take out the defensive end, and I mean, buddy, I never saw him coming. Whammo! right? And he just nailed me. Well, Jethro saw an angle, and and it kept Moses from being blindsided because Moses was getting weary. You need spirit-filled people in your life, but I'm going to say something to you, and this is really a big deal. Listen, especially you students that are listening with your families and watching with your families right now, I want you to hear me really clear. I'm serious. I I want you to listen to me. You know, you can have godly people around your life. You really can. Christ-honoring, Jesus-seeking, Spirit-filled people. You can find those people, but you will have to go find them. Notice what I said in the beginning. Position yourself. Let me me tell you something, business owners. Let me tell you something, people in business. I I have found that you you can get access to really intelligent business wisdom, but it won't come to you. You'll have to go to it. One of the things that I have learned over the course of my life is that I, if I want righteous wisdom, I can get it, but I have to go get it. I can get it, but I have to go get it because it's not going to come to your doorstep. So don't be proud. Don't be proud. A lot of times we're afraid to go ask people for their wisdom because we don't want to look stupid. We're afraid we're going to look like we don't know what we're doing. We're afraid we're going to be. You know, Moses was in over his head right now. Did you notice that? This is Moses we're talking about. And it said he was getting tired. And Jethro noticed it. Hey, you're getting tired. And and, and Moses couldn't even see it. You, got, you have access. Listen to me, friend. You have access to biblical wisdom. Men of God, women of God. But you got to go seek it. And they'll be often glad to give it to you, but you got to go find it. So how do we. How do we continue uh, understanding what it means for God to speak through people? Um, so so I, I want to, uh, I, I, well, before we move off that, I want to share a verse with you. I think this is critical. I almost forgot it. It's a verse that I've taken seriously most of my, I mean, I, I can't think of a time where this verse just didn't mean a lot to me. It's Proverbs eleven fourteen. The Bible says that where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in the abundance of counselors, there's victory. Look look at that. I want you to leave that on the screen for a minute. Uh, in the abundance of counselors, there's safety. There's victory. I, I, that's, 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 that's a verse I have employed so many times in my life. I'm looking for wisdom. And, and, and by the way, as you go seeking out wisdom, don't just go looking for the general consensus. I'm, don't do that. Now, this is a little bit murky, but, but I'm telling you, As I go to righteous people when I'm in a tight spot, one of the things that I don't do is I I don't just go looking for, like like basically letting everybody else make the decision for me. That's not what I'm doing. Let me tell you what I do. I pray and I say, God, as I go to these people that have experience in these areas. I mean, just this week I went to somebody that had experience in an area. And I said, and this person's got experience in an area. And and so they may not be my best friend. In fact, they may just be a friend. Sometimes they're just an acquaintance. But I know they've got wisdom in this particular area. And so what I'm asking God often is I'm asking God, let me find the baselines. Let me find the things that keep coming up. Are there any trends to what three or four people continue to say? And how does that line up with the Word of God? You've got to line that up. But in the, look at what the Scriptures say. In the multitude of counselors, there is victory. Man, you've you got to use it. So what else can we learn about God speaking to people? I would say that God speaks through people who are willfully aligned with him. Look at that. God speaks through people who are willfully aligned with him. Jethro, if you look in... in In verse 9, it says that Jethro rejoiced over all the goodness the Lord had done in Israel. Notice it says that Jethro saw God's hand. Jethro said in verse 10 that that he saw, he said, blessed is the Lord who delivers you. He understood that God had come to the rescue of the people of Israel. Jethro, I I believe, was was aligned with God's heart. There's some historians that are trying to figure out, you know, was he just sympathetic to Yahweh or, or, or was he... Was he fully on board? And, but, but the reality is that Jethro was a man that it does appear that honored the Lord and he was aligned with him. You know, uh, look at what Jethro called. Now he tells Moses a couple of things to do right here. It's in it's in verse um, it's in verse 19. He says, now now listen to me. I'll give you counsel and God be with you. And then in, in verse 21. He tells them the kind of people that he needs to make these to judge these smaller matters in groups of thousands, hundreds, tens, fifties, and tens. Verse, verse, uh, verse 21 is, is where we're going to be looking at for a second. He says, Furthermore, you shall select out of the people. Now, here's who you're looking for, Moses. These are the kind of qualities you're looking for able men, okay? Able men who fear God. Now, what does that mean? To be an able person that fears God. It doesn't mean that they're scared of God. That's not what they're getting at. It means that they literally honor God with their lives. They really do honor the the Lord in the center of their lives. That that God wasn't a part of their life. They weren't church-going folk. They were people that walked with the Lord. And there's a difference. There's a difference. And you know there's a difference. So they were able men who feared God. He says also in verse 21, they were men of truth, right? People of truth. I'm actually going to come back to that in a minute. There's, a, there's another one it says. It says, they were those who hate dishonest gain. Now let me tell you what that means. It was kind of known in those, it wasn't uncommon. It wasn't uncommon for a priest to take bribes. It wasn't uncommon for them to be easily swayed according to money. And, and Jethro saying, surround yourself with men. Who, who don't need the money. They don't want the money. They want to please the Lord. And that's, boy, what a statement right there. I mean, that's pretty specific, isn't it? About, about See, what does that tell you? Jethro knew the times, Jethro knew the, 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 the movements of culture, didn't he? And, and really, what he's saying right there is he's saying, Moses, you surround yourself with people that are willing to live against the tide, they're willing to swim upstream. And if I could say anything to to any of you, whether you're a student in middle school, high school, whether you're 25, 35, or 65, I want to tell you something. The people in your inner circle, they have got to be people who are willing to stand on their own two feet and aren't interested in flowing with pop culture's rhythm. You've got to have people that are willfully aligned with the heart of God. And there's there's one other one I want to show you this morning. <clears throat> that God speaks through people who are biblical truth tellers. What, what can we lift out of this out of this whole story? That God speaks through people who are biblical truth tellers. All right. Jethro was he he said right there in, in verse 21, find yourselves men of truth. That men, that is men of that love truth. People that love truth oh man, what, what a big deal that is. Because notice what I didn't say. No, notice what I didn't say right there. I didn't say that they were those that understood cultural truth. They understood biblical truth. You know, when I came to Christ, I, I was uh, almost 18 years old. I was 17, almost 18. And I, I remember, nobody told me this. I certainly didn't read it in the book. i, I I didn't even know to read books about Christianity at that point. I mean, I, I, I didn't know much about, about Jesus at all. Obviously, in those first few days, I was a brand-new Christian. But let me tell you something I had to learn pretty quick. I actually had to unlearn some of the things I was taught by my culture. I had to unlearn there, were, there are times that our culture, listen, you are a product of your culture. Not, not 100%, but let me tell you something. Right? You know, uh, I, I'll, I'll never forget, I was in elementary school, and I was going through, uh, the, I, was, I was in kindergarten, actually. And, uh, and I, I'll never forget, I was going through the lunch line, and Miss Campbell, uh, they, were, they, they put us pinto beans out there. And, uh, I got my pinto beans, and, and uh, I, I knew her name. And actually, she lived on, I, I, didn't, I didn't know she lived on our street. I, I realized that, I found out later that she lived in our neighborhood. But as I was going down the line, and they put my pinto beans in front of me, I said, where's the cornbread? And I was respectful about it, and she just laughed. And, and she said, uh, did your mama grow up in the country? And I said, well, my grandmother did and uh, my nanny Coleman always has uh, cornbread when she has pinto beans, and she said mine did too. And let me tell you something. I went to that school from kindergarten to the fifth grade, and when they had pinto beans, Jason Cruz instituted the cornbread policy. I didn't know it, but I did. I didn't mean to do it, but I did. Uh, Every time, and, and it was funny. On the times they didn't make cornbread, there was always cornbread waiting on me uh, when they had pinto beans, right? I, I just Now, where did I learn that? I learned that because that's, that's what I was taught. You don't have to have cornbread to go with pinto beans. But you know what? The reality is that's how I was raised. You can't eat cornbread without pinto beans. So now, that's, that's a very one-off situation. I get it. But the, but the truth is we are raised certain ways, and they have influences on us, right? Well, the, the, the same is true with what you're taught. And some of the things I was taught about what culture told me was right and what people told me was right, it wasn't right according to the Scriptures. And I had to unlearn some things. So, so Moses is being told to, to literally put people around them that are biblical truth-tellers, men of truth. So I, I want to show you something right here. So this is a coffee filter. And this is an interesting. This is an interesting thing. Uh, flattened it out a little bit, but it's an interesting thing. What what Moses and Jethro, or what Jethro is telling Moses right here? Because I want you to pick up on something about it's in it's in verse 16 of chapter 18. When Jethro says, "Why are you doing this, Moses?" And in verse 15, he says, "Well, because the people come to me to inquire of God." And when they have a dispute, it it comes to me and I judge between a man and his neighbor and and I make known the statutes of God and his, I make known the statutes of God and and his laws. Now let's tie that into Jethro's admonition to, to, to have men of truth. Why? Well, what Moses was doing, don't miss this, this is a big deal. What Moses was doing was he was trying to teach the people to use the Ten Commandments. He was trying to teach them to use the statutes of God. He was trying to teach them how to actually employ the precepts of the Lord, right? So in in effect, what you have to do with the people that are surrounding you, you have to have people in your innermost circle that take what you're thinking when you tell them what you're asking or when you're seeking counsel from them or when they ask you, well, tell me what you're going to do about that or, or how are you thinking or what's your decision going to be, those friends need to take what you think, they need to run it through the filter of the Word of God. And, and that filter has to be the authority. What comes out of that filter, because let me tell you, many times when you're struggling or many times when you're, you're in a position where you don't know what to do, it's funny how emotions can override biblical authority. It can. It's done it in my life. It can can do it in yours. And I'm telling you, the people around you, they need to take the Scriptures and take what you're saying and take what you're thinking and run it through the filter of the Word of God. Because the reality is, if, if you don't have friends that can filter that out for you, those aren't the kind of friends you need anyway. And, and, and I, I'm telling you that they've, they've got to have those filters in place. It's a, it's a massive issue because I want to tell you something. As you're seeking out people that are, that are looking to, to get true wisdom, I want to say something to you, friends. And if you haven't heard anything I've said all day, hear me now. Hear me right now. I mean it. Hear me right now. There will never be a time, never, there will never be a time where God is going to give you counsel through somebody or through any influencer of your life, there'll never be a time that God will ask you to contradict His Word. He will not do it. That will not happen. And if you've got people in your life that are giving you advice that goes against the Word of God and doesn't line up with the Word of God, you don't need them in your life. You can be nice, you can be humble, but you need to get them out of your inner circle. Because you've got to have friends that filter out truth with you it can't be about what you think listen to me it can't be about what you think is right it can't be about what your daddy thought was right or your mama thought was right it has to be what God says is right and that's got to be your filter and Moses was working really hard to help them use the statutes of God, not as some arbitrary laws in some book on some library shelf tucked away in some big congressional library somewhere. No, these were the practical truths of God. The practical truths of God, and and they needed them. So how do we apply the Word of God today in this? I'm going to give you one simple truth that you can use right now. It's something that maybe you need to think through for about three or four days. Maybe you need to skip a meal. I'm serious. Maybe you need to skip a meal and fast. Maybe you need to fast for a, a whole day or two. But what is it that you can do right now? Some of you, the most important thing you could do is what I'm about to tell you. And that is audit your influencers. You hear me? Audit your influencers. And notice I put a question under that. Is your inner circle filled with spirit-filled people? Is your inner circle filled with spirit-filled people? Now, leave that up there for a minute. Audit your influencers. Friend, you have people that are influencing you. You know you do. Are they supposed to be there? Are those the people that are driving you closer to the Lord? Audit your influences, and they'll keep you out of the ditch.